Welcome to Mental Health Comedy with Ed Krasnick and Jennifer Kalari and our special guest today, Cecily Nobler. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're also going to have a lot of pain because that's what we bring. We bring the pain and we store the pain. And now, now today, this show is all about uh, uniting comedy and mental health, about well-being, resilient skills. We talk with comedians, people from the world of entertainment, about their lives, and then we practice simple mental health skills, tools anyone can use. And the key is practice. Mental health is not a topic, it's a practice. Uh, so why not practice it? Um, there's a lot of people talking about it, but not a lot of people actually showing you what you might do. Uh, we talk about mindfulness. There's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of meditation. We're going to talk about some other skills too. And uh, we know what emotional fit, we know what we know what physical fitness is. We don't know what emotional fitness is, but we're going to find out. I have I certainly have no idea, but that's why my uh, co-host is here, um, Jennifer Kalari. She's amazing. She is a a child and family therapist. She works with all kinds of people. She's written many books, uh, including "You're Ruining My Life," a book <laughs> about parenting uh, geared towards parenting teens uh, specifically. But she works with all ages. Founder of a wonderful organization called Connected Parenting, ConnectedParenting.com, and has some very specific uh, skills, tools that you can use. And you know, Jennifer, I, I you know, we're going to talk about a lot of things, but. But right now, um, you're going through something, and um, this is a big, certainly a big life issue. So uh, what is happening, and how are, you, how are you getting through this? Oh, well, thank you, Ed. So, yeah. so I just lost my mom a few days ago. She um, was suffering with Alzheimer's for a very, very long time. So it's kind of, it's tough because they call Alzheimer's the, the long goodbye, right? And that's really what it is. You don't, they just sort of start to disappear from family functions and birthdays and holidays. And it's kind of this slow letting go of someone. Mm. And it's a really hard thing to go through. I mean, we loved her dearly and she was a character. We can talk <laughs> about what a character she was, which yeah. really helps. Again, how humor and um, just laughing and remembering the fantastic parts of someone can really get you through it. Um, mm. Community, supporting each other. Um, you know, and using a lot of the techniques that I teach people, a lot of brain hacks that I use all the time on myself. So, yeah, yeah, I would imagine. I yeah, I would imagine that. And 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 there was one that we we've talked about before, but I I love it because it's so simple. And we sh you could probably do it right now. We'll do it with Cecily uh, in just a minute too. Is there something that we can do physically? Sure. Well, well. So there's a couple of different things. One, you know, when you're going through something really big and really acute that's like a life event like losing a parent or something really tragic there aren't too many strategies other than just letting time do its thing and and i know that's an old adage but it's really true you have to go through it you can't go under it around it or over it you really have to go through it and let yourself feel it and i think partly we're so scared of emotions we're so afraid to feel things we always want to turn them off and shut them off and swallow something and do something and so although i want people to know strategies i also want people to know that Emotions are information. They're telling us something. It's our emotional GPS system, right? And it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to feel angry sometimes. And these are all the contours and the contrast in life. And in order to really feel joy, you have to lose something, right? So, so let, letting yourself feel it, I think, is one thing. Um, right. If it's something kind of um, 
like smaller, like it's anxiety or something that's just kind of needling at us or, you know, just regular um, kind of body talk, that, that anxious feeling. We just feel like your body's electric and you just want to jump out of your own body and run down the street. There are things you can do. There's little brain hacks. And, and I think the one you're talking about, Ed, is the drop your tongue, which, which is so simple. It's so stupid, really. It's just a very simple technique. You basically just relax your tongue on the bottom of your teeth. You just kind of let it go soft. And you just, and as you do that, can you feel what's happening? Your stomach relaxes, right? So the mm -hmm. first thing we do when we're afraid, our limbic system, which is the part of the brain that's responsible for safety and danger and fight or flight, you tense up all of your muscles and you, you, you tense up all the muscles in your core, which actually protect your vital organs because your body thinks you're about to be attacked by something. It doesn't know it's your wife yelling at you or a bill that just came in that you can't pay. It thinks something's going to pounce on you and eat you. So it, it tenses up your body. And so as soon as you relax your tongue, you're relaxing your stomach. You're sending a signal to the brain. Oh, okay. She's not going to be attacked. He's not going to be attacked. He, he'd be tightening up his, his core and protecting those vital organs if something's going to jump on him. So he must be okay. And it's just a very subtle little signal, and it's something you can just be aware of throughout the day. It's as simple as breathing, which is probably one of the most common things we all do. Um, but for, for anxiety, you know, it's here to take a big breath, be mindful of your breath, and that's also a really big one, because if your body was breathing slowly, then it also means that you're not about to be attacked. So that's, that's just a simple little thing that we can do that will literally change your, your uh, it's psychoneurobiology, it's changing your biochemistry. Now, I um, flunked uh, neurochemistry <laughs> in school um, because I couldn't think my way out of things fast enough. But I, but I, will, I will tell you that, that is, uh, that's a big thing to be able to calm yourself and to be able to do it immediately, just in a second. And sometimes breathing, if somebody tells me to deepen my breath, I, I turn, I've said this many times, but I turn into Frank and Blue Velvet. <laughs> and you'll just have to go see the movie to see what that's about, but it's scary. <laughs> um, but I wanna, without any, first of all, thank you, Jennifer, for that, for that skill. These, that's why I love uh, you know, working with you, because you have actual tangible things that, that you can do. And we've heard a lot about breathing. We've heard a lot about mindfulness. But, I, but sometimes I think there are other, other skills that, that we can access and that anybody can access. You don't have to be spiritual uh, to do it uh, or join an ashram, which I <laughs> will do, be doing after the show. Now, um, our guest, our special guest, uh, mm. patiently waiting in our uh, virtual waiting room, um, <laughs> is... Uh, is a friend, a dear friend, and uh, someone who's multi-talented, a writer who has written a great book, a very funny book called She's Crazy, He's a, Li He's a Liar, Now What? She's Crazy, He's mm -hmm. a Liar, Now What? And then is, is, it's not enough that she's a comedy writer, it's not enough that she's worked on a lot of shows, but she, she's a film critic and a very good one. <laughs> And she, and so she has a report, a syndicated report all over the world called Live from Hollywood in which she does film, uh, critiques of films, uh, things that are coming up. And I guess Cecily Nobler, I guess the, the first thing that I'm going to say is, is where are you at? What's going on with you right now? And, and um, what are you trying to resist? <laughs> <laughs> well... A lot of ice cream is what I'm resisting, if sure. we're not talking politics. Um, sure. I mean, I'm part of the resistance, I guess. But I don't know. I think, you know, you and I have talked about this, and I was 
fortunate enough to, to be able to meet Jen or talk to Jennifer before. And I think what we sort of all concluded is that our feelings are, are evolving and devolving all the time. Like I'm anxious and then I'm not, and then I am, and then I'm sad. <laughs> and I think a lot of it has to do with where we are in the quarantine and all this information that we're getting bombarded, right? With like just information, right? You know, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. What? And I don't, I think where I am to answer your question, long story short, is that, um, I don't know day to day. And I think my fear is coming at the idea of turning back to whatever normal life was. Because for me, normal life wasn't really that normal. <laughs> I was kind of a homebody anyway. And so now I'm like, wait, do I have to go to a pool party in two months? <laughs> now do I have to? Like, right. do I have to seize the day? So that's interesting. There's almost some yeah. anxiety about uh, returning to normalcy, oh, which, yeah. which, which I'll tell you, and we did talk about this, uh, but, but the thing is that's happening is this is actually in a weird way, if you're lucky enough to be safe and well, mm -hmm. it's really a respite from the pressure of, of, of the things that you have to do to, to keep up in the world. Yes. And, it, and it really isn't a bad thing to stop. We don't want to stop mm -hmm. this way, but mm -hmm. it's never a bad, stopping is a very positive, you know, can be a very positive action. Um, mm -hmm. so, so I guess, Jennifer, um, you know, uh, this is a very specific time in our world, and it, it is a time when uh, people are in their, you know, in their panic mode. I mean, this is, this is if you're going to panic, there's never been a better time. <laughs> I mean, this is really, you know, yeah. this is the Super Bowl. Let's it, panic now. This it, is the time. Yeah. People, you've been preparing for this moment your whole life. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. Good, good luck to you because you've been preparing and now you're expert and everybody else is crazy. Well, and it's funny because mm -hmm. I, I, that's what I'm finding. I'm finding my clients, even my, my kids and my teens and my young people that I'm working with, they're like, I got this. I got strategies. Mm -hmm. People who haven't been super anxious before, like, what is this feeling? What am I yeah. So, it, and it's interesting because, Cecily, you kind of put it really well. I mean, I think people are worried about what life's going to go back to for, for a number of different reasons. I mean, first of all, everyone's handling this differently, right? So extroverts are losing their minds. Mm -hmm. are right. Like, oh, my God. And introverts are like, I, this is great. Like, I'm good, right? So, mm -hmm. um, but they are scared of, like, what it's going to go back to. And I think on a big level, I think we have an opportunity because I'm all about reaching for the good, and I'm going to talk about that strategy in a moment. But if we're being really honest with ourselves, we are like a psychotically adolescent culture, right? <laughs> we are like we are yes. self-absorbed mm -hmm. and juvenile, and in a very grand scale, you know, I want this and take that from that person, and I need this to be happy. And there, I think it just needed to just stop. So I'm hoping that during this time, we can all mature a little bit as a, as a group, as a, as a species. Yeah. We look at what's important. What do we want to keep? You know, what do we want to contribute? So when we go back into the world, what are we going to bring with us? And people are already like relaxing about makeup and how they look. And it, like, there's, there's a lot of kind of what's important being reevaluated, which I love. Mm. And I think that's important. And we can, that's something we can all do. So for control freaks out there, th that really is something that we can bring to the world is that message of how we want it to be different. 
Yes. So, so in re, in re, you know, in reevaluating this, probably my timing for my face, my face work and my body work <laughs> is 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 mistimed. I probably, <laughs> I'm probably going to lose. It probably should go the other way. Even. Um, we're finding like all that stuff. Like, did we really need to do all that stuff? Right. I hated getting manicured. I don't really, that we're even talking about this is such a privilege. But honestly, my sister and I used to go and get manicured. I hated it. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Long, yeah. Mm -hmm. and and now i'm like i don't ever need that again what did i ever need before in the first place i mean yes we want to support jobs and and i don't want to say that the beauty industry doesn't have a role it does i just feel like we need to kind of look at the big picture of everything so one of the things i'm thinking about and cecily you were talking about like being nervous about the future so one other thing we have to understand about emotions aside from them being in information and and telling us something if you're anxious then you're living in the future. You've, mm -hmm. already, right. you've already inserted yourself into, oh my God, that pool party that I have to go to that I really don't want to go to. And you're already living it. You're already at the pool party and you're living it over and over again, right? right. When you think about it, why do we do that to ourselves? And then if you're depressed, you're living in the past and you're reliving <laughs> the pool party that you hated over and over and over again, right? So the, where we're truly happy and we're using kind of superficial examples, but you're really only truly happy in the now. And if right now, if you're lucky enough not to be being chased by something that's going to eat you, mm -hmm. you're okay. Mm -hmm. right. right. In the now, right. right now, you're okay. So, so that's kind of like that. The, the, there's kind of just being aware of where you are now and simple things that you can do to get yourself present and be aware of where where you are now, and how can people do that? How do you how do you access that? If you if you're one that that has an emotional uh, travelogue going on twenty four <laughs> hours a day. So so the first thing you want to ask yourself is, can this kill me? Okay, well, am I gonna can this kill me? Is it chasing me? Is it going to jump on me? And the answer, unless there's something about to jump on you. Um, and you're in the middle of something that's that's frightening. Most of the stuff that we worry about isn't stuff we can really do much about in the moment, anyway. So can this kill me? Right. If the is no, then you ask yourself the next question: Is there anything I can do right now about this? Right. And then the third thing you do is you just try to find what is good and what is simple and what is pleasing in the now. So Cecily, if we if we talk about your worry about going, you know, getting back out into the world and doing stuff. And you mm -hmm. think, about, think about those questions. Can you see how that would kind of pull you out of fight or flight? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't want, if anybody's listening, please continue inviting me to your pool parties. I do enjoy <laughs> right. some don't, of them. Don't totally keep her insane. out. Don't keep, she's not yeah, saying don't. don't. Yeah. I'll go have like a rum and coke and I'll enjoy a raft every now and then. I just don't want to have to do it. I but totally that was just, but for sure, I, I, to, I love that idea of thinking like, okay, what is, what is the real threat right now? Is it really like, like, do I have one second to get out of this? No. Okay. Then what am I doing? Like, I love, that really helps me just right now in this very moment where I feel anxious all the time. I feel anxious. So that really helps me to think about it in terms of feeling present. Yeah. If you slow it and, and really there's a lot of things that you can do with just checking in with yourself, even saying the words, how am I doing right now mm -hmm. is a way of being aware. It's a way because the anxiousness, like you're saying, Jennifer is all in the future and yeah. we're always thinking about the things that we don't want. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's a lot of energy spent on things that you don't want to have happen. And, and, and that, that's, that's kind of, you know, we're always practicing something. 
whether we're yeah. doing it consciously or unconsciously, we're always practicing something and we know how to practice fear. We know how to practice fight or flight. We, we don't know as much how to practice. And, and the reason why we're not good at it is because we don't have practice. Well, that's so, right. Yeah. Practice is basically creating neural pathways, right? So we've got all kinds of neural pathways in our brain that are used to worrying and stressing and overthinking and ruminating and what ifing, right? We're really good. Mm -hmm. And because we do that a lot, our brain, the limbic system, like the frontal lobe is intelligent and, and takes perspective and motivates and prioritizes and inhibits and does all those amazing things. But the, the limbic brain can actually override that. It can, it can take your frontal lobe right offline. And so the survival part of the brain is really dumb. And it thinks, well, <laughs> this worrying has gotten me here. I'm only alive because of how good I am at worrying. Right? So every time you loop and you obsess and you survive, which will be every time because nothing was actually going to eat you ever, um, your brain keeps thinking, well, I got to keep doing this. And not only that, I'm going to widen the net. I'm going to work about, I'm going to worry about more things too because I'm doing such a good job. Why not? Right? So, so we actually, by, by thinking the same thoughts over and over and over again, we're, right, we're basically writing code. We're writing program. We're wow. Yes. Yeah. And the program is, is be scared and be in survival mode. And, uh, and that is uh, today's sponsor for the show. We, again, we <laughs> talked about this before, but I have to say it again. And that is, that is, I'm wearing it right now. Survival mode is a new cologne and a deodorant. It comes in stick. And just because the world is coming to an end, that doesn't mean you can't smell fresh. You may be distancing, <laughs> but there's no reason to have your loved ones into an express train to stinky town. Mm -hmm. It's available in the Apocalyptic Apple, Vampire Vanilla, and Freak Out Fudge. Survival <laughs> mode. Get it. Do it. Be it. Right on. Can um, I ask a question, Ed? Mm -hmm. Or both of you, can I ask? Okay, first of all, what if your anxiety, this is going to sound crazy, but Ed will understand, I think. What if your anxiety is cultural? What if like, okay, because ah. where Ed and I come from culturally, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. It maybe was embedded a little bit. How do mm. you overwrite that? Yeah, there's embedded code. So if you're doing a podcast, you're embedding the code. Now, there's been some emotional coding that's been going on with my, my relatives since, you know, <laughs> I, since the, the old country. And the that's old country is, is called, uh, I think we grew up in Old Emotion Village. Was in Shtetl. Old Emotion Shtetl. Is old Emotion Shtetl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I so love that, that. Good question. <laughs> so this is a really good question. because, And this is so fascinating because people don't realize this. Trauma and fear and, 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 and really trauma can be deeply embedded genetically. Mm -hmm. It can be passed on just like other traits. Okay, seriously, up to three generations. Um, so some of the stuff you worry about isn't even yours. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But regardless, it is a program. And it is a program. And once you realize, Ed, you talked about it a minute ago, just observing yourself, right? How, how am I checking in with yourself? How am I doing right now? Mm. And when you check in with yourself, you're observing. And when you're observing, you're using your frontal lobe because the, the limbic brain can't observe anything. It just screams and yells and freaks out. Okay. Your, your frontal lobe is actually the parent part of your brain, the adult part of your brain. It's the adult in your head, right? Right. So yes. you can sort of recognize this is a program. And because it's a program, I don't actually have to follow the program. I can actually choose. And this is my favorite thing to do with anxiety. You can say, I can choose not to participate. Mm -hmm. I, right. I'm just not, I don't have to participate in this. I don't, right? It's so simple, but yeah. 
And such a simple switch like that can send a very different signal to the brain. Mm -hmm. and, and, you can, and you can note it. You can just, you know, they call it noting, which is really just making a mental note and saying, okay, I, I can just have a code word in my head when I go off and I can say thinking. Okay, thinking. Mm -hmm. So now I've got thinking. Or you can ask questions like Jennifer was saying to get up in your brain. You know, and by the way, we have segments of the show and one of our new segments is called the Olympic Games. That's a segment that we have that we just heard. Another one is called Up Your Brain. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, so, and so this is, this is kind of an up your brain thing. You're asking yourself a question. So here's a question and it is, what is my highest purpose? Mm -hmm. Now, you might not even think that way or ever talk that way to yourself, but if you ask that kind of question, you go up into your neocortex, you go up into your higher self immediately, physically, neurologically, wow. it goes up. And then you can ask a question like that. And then another one that I learned, which is, you know, these questions, these are questions, but you can pick a particular word, like the word free. And the question I would ask is, would I rather feel this way? or would I rather be free? As soon as you ask that question, just for a second or two, you drop the craziness. It drops. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how crazy you are, you're feeling, you, it drops. It's a crazy fact that you're probably gonna love, and it's, it's, right, it's along with what you were saying, you're kind of lining up with what does my highest self want? What is my best, what's my highest good right now? And the, and the heart actually has 40,000 at least, on your rights, brain cells, thinking cells. It's a, it's a mini heart. It's a mini brain, right? So that, that can influence <sighs> the brain. It can think for itself. Why do you think every culture on earth knows that where you feel love is in your heart and where intuition and inspiration is, right? So when your heart and your head are lined up, that's called uh, the Heart Math Institute. Is, 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 does some amazing work on this, but it's, it's heart-brain coherence. And when you're in heart-brain coherence, I mean, we're going to have another episode and talk about what's actually physically happening in your body, but on a cellular level, on a, your DNA relaxes. Like, it, it really, amazing things happen. And when you line up with that, you're literally lining up with love. And we, you know, very briefly, humans only have two emotions, love mm -hmm. and fear, right? And so anger and yelling and screaming and cheating and lying and gossip and all that stuff, it, whatever it looks like, it's all fear. And, and you really can't feel fear and love at the same time. And love is in the present, right? So when you yeah. go back to the moment that you're mm. in, right now, nothing's chasing me. Right now, yes, those bills are piling up and I don't know what's going to happen, but that's still a what if. Right now, if you're okay, then you're okay. And so you start looking around. Okay, what can I find in this moment that's good? Well, I really uh, love these pajamas. They're soft. And I, I do like that, you know, picture on the wall. And I do love my, you know, child that's sleeping over there like whatever you find anything sorry my dog's barking back mm -hmm. oh, sweet. That you can to ground yourself in that moment and to line up mm -hmm. love and and bring the brain and the heart into coherence and in those moments you cannot feel anxious and some wow. people actually talk about what meant the definition of mental health and that it is when you're when your spiritual self your in your intellectual self your emotional self and your physical self when they line up when they line up and they're in, they're, they're in connection with each other, that's mental health. Now, I don't know if that's true for me, no, but... Uh, it's you know. true. And it, it's also where your intuition comes from, where inspiration mm -hmm. comes from, where, where you're, you're free to be like funny and, and creative and all of those things, right? Those are, 
those are really important things. And Ed, a few minutes ago when you were doing the brought to you by, yes, people have to understand that our, there's a lot of money to be made when you're scared. Scared people behave and they listen and they buy stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. there on a giant level, like I don't want to be afraid all the time. I don't want to be controlled by fear. It's, it, you know, and it, it's such a habitual thing that our, our brains have actually constructed themselves this way. But this is why it's practice. It, these are, this sounds so simple, these techniques, like looking for the good and finding the next best feeling thought that you can find. And it is practice. And so maybe you can do it for 10 seconds and then you go back to complaining again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But if, but if you say yes. I'm aware that I'm complaining, if you say, oh, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose, I'm going to choose going back to complaining. Even right. if you do it, you're conscious and you've turned on a switch. You've actually started a pathway there just by saying, and choose it anyway. Choose it anyway. Yeah. You know, I found myself doing that just a couple days ago, thinking about something we'd already talked about, and I was going to tweet something kind of mean. That's kind of my, you know, that's my brand a little bit anyway. I'm an entertainment reporter as well. So I was going to, and I was angry at something on CNN, you know, I was angry. And so I was going to tweet something, and then I just stopped myself. And I, and I literally said, and it came from the fear love conversation of like, what, what is my goal here? What is the goal? I could just write it down in a in a journal and throw it away. I don't have to put it on Twitter. Right. 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 What am I putting into the world? Being conscious about that. What am I what am I putting into my own brain, my own self? What am I saying to myself? And what am I saying to the world? I think that's good. And of course, fear is what does it stand for? False evidence appearing real. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of evidence. Most of it's false. So that's good to know coming uh, coming from me. It's really between (laughs) you and you. Let's face it. Um, it. it. Now, uh, before, and I know you have to leave very shortly, but I wanted to ask you, I wanted to throw a couple scenarios at you, uh, Cecily. Mm -hmm. And and this is called fight, flight, or freeze. It's a little game that that I came up with. I'm just going to ask you a couple questions. Okay. Tell me the answer. Answer. You say fight, flight, or freeze. What you would be most likely to do? Okay. Okay. I like this. Okay. Okay. So, uh, a man comes up to you and he says, "Hi, uh, my name is Jim. I'm staying up at the Radisson. I'm in room two eleven. I'm not into games. I want you to come and have some wheatgrass with me in the lounge." <laughs> I would marry him. <laughs> oh, that's not an option. Well, no. Let's add it. Fight, flight, freeze, or marry. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, marry or kill from game. This is the fight, flight, yeah. freeze, or marry game. Okay, good. Good answer. I like that. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, somebody calls. Uh, they want you to cover a new film. They want you to review a new film. It's, it's where Jean-Claude Van Damme plays his own grandfather. <laughs> I would freeze. Good. Good I response. Yeah. And the, mo- and the most popular response. Good response. All right. Lastly, uh, joining a new, you're in a new relationship app. Um, it's mm-hmm. called About Face, and for the first 10 dates, you cannot see each other, and you have to do it while in your pajamas, oh. uh, and they give you the topics. Now, there's a free model, and that's, they don't give you the topics. You have to have a premium. <laughs> um, but uh, would, you, would that be an app that you would join, and have you ever done a dating app? I have done a dating app. I would totally join that one. That sounds okay. nice. To just, I wouldn't want. I think that's nice to build up a ten date thing before you even meet. Why not? Right. Okay. Is there been so a Mary? Su- has there been a successful a successful one? Have you liked one? We're not going to um, plug it, but 
Yeah. Okay, a long time ago, this is how long ago this was, the Onion, you know, the Onion, the yeah. satirical, they used, they had their own dating app. It wasn't called an app back then, but it was like a dating site. And I loved that one because it was kind of like-minded, ridiculous people. Nobody was, you know, like, ta- nobody was talking about like taking long strolls on the beach. It was just funny. It was funny people. So I liked it. And I did have some successful stuff. I, I dated a couple people that all, they were all quite lovely, honestly. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I mean, it gives, gives people, you know, I mean, listen, if you can connect with somebody, especially in today's world, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's always better to connect than to be isolated because isolation causes a lot of things to happen that don't need to happen. So any right. kind of connection, yes. whether it's with yourself or someone else is a good, is a good kind of connection. And speaking of connection, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to say goodbye now. Um, this is a, a pretty, you know, so there's a lot of feelings about that. Um, <laughs> but I want to tell you that you have been listening to Mental Health Comedy with Ed Krasnick and Jennifer Kalari. We're going to do it every week. Every week there's a new episode. You can find us wherever you subscribe to podcasts, whether it's Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or uh, Google Play, whatever it is. We're everywhere. We will be everywhere. So subscribe, share it with a friend, practice some of these skills if you can. Um, I want to thank Cecily Nobler. Now, Cecily, you have a podcast right now. It's called Bored AF. It's with (laughs) the great Stephanie Wilder Taylor. Yes. Where can they find that? That is on all the same things that I, and they're very different. So it's not, it's not in competition, right? We can all do this together. Right. <laughs> but that's also on Apple and all the things. And we just basically talk about, it's a lot of distraction stuff. We talk about reality shows that we love and we talk about guys we've dated and celebrities that were really nice and mean, stuff like that. It's very light, silly mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. I love it. I can't wait to hear it. And I, I thank you so much for taking the time to be here and uh, wishing you the best of everything and we'll be talking soon thank you. and 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 thank you to jennifer kalari uh thank you so much jennifer i know a lot is happening right now going through a lot and our, our thoughts are with you and your family but you really should you really you really need to check this out jennifer has a great uh organization called connectedparenting.com um, it, it teaches all kinds, she teaches all kinds of skills, not only for parents, but self-parenting. And that's what we're going to be doing a lot here on this show. So it's the Mental Health Comedy Hour. It's Mental Health Comedy. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm Ed Krasnick for Jennifer Kalari. We will talk to you next time. <laughs>